Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You're listening to Comedy Central. Let's start in the Middle East. The war is now in its second week and shows no sign of stopping. But today, President Biden landed in Israel to try to help out. He made it all the way down the stairs. Mission accomplished already. Off to a great start. And while he was there, he had some important advice for a country going to war in response to a terrorist attack. Justice must be done. But I caution this while you feel that rage. Don't be consumed by it. After 9-11, we were enraged in the United States. While we sought justice and got justice, we also made mistakes. Wow. Wise words from President Biden. Anytime an American president admits a mistake, it's a big deal. So, Israel, please learn from us. Don't stay in Afghanistan for more than 20 years, tops. <laughs> but Biden's right. America made some serious mistakes after 9-11. Iraq, Guantanamo, frosted tips. <laughs> By the way, I'm sure his visit is appreciated, but as someone who has a parent roughly the same age as Joe Biden, sometimes when they fly in to help, it ends up being a little more of a burden than help. <laughs> don't mind me, don't mind me. I'm not even here. Just write down all the steps for how to get Hulu on the TV and I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm happy to do the laundry. Just tell me where everything goes and where everything is. That's kind of what I feel like is going on right now. All right, let's move on to domestic news and talk about the speaker race. The Sonos won. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the Congress of the United States, the House is having its own speaker race, and it continues to be an absolute disaster. The House remains speakerless. Congressman Jim Jordan's second bid to become speaker was defeated on the House floor. He actually lost some of the support he had in the first round. The people that are involved don't actually know what's going on. It is, frankly, embarrassing. The biggest circle jerk in the history of circles, or jerks. Apparently, you can just say circle jerk on TV. What's next? Congressional leaders met today in what can best be described as a violent bukkake. <laughs> but that's right, Jim Jordan lost by 20 votes yesterday, spent all night meeting holdouts one-on-one, -on -one, trying to win them over, and then lost by 22 votes this afternoon. <laughs> I crunched the numbers, and it turns out 22 is more than 20. So he's doing even worse. 
So at this point, three Republicans have tried and failed to get the votes for speaker with no end in sight, which is why now there's a growing movement to just let the temporary speaker, Patrick McHenry, keep the job. And he seems qualified. I mean, he's wearing a bow tie. A, a bow tie says a lot about a man. It says that every morning he spends 20 minutes watching a YouTube tutorial on how to tie a bow tie. And that's the kind of focus you want in a speaker. But more importantly, Congressman McHenry is perfect for the job because he's already there. Sometimes you just got to go with the guy who's already sitting in the chair. Keep looking. He's not up. He's maybe even crushing it, some people are saying. Maybe he doesn't have as many Instagram followers as some of the other guest speaker candidates, but let's not overcomplicate things. He's right there. Just give him the job already, all right? Let's move on to a heartwarming story. New Yorkers get a bad rap for not caring about strangers. And it's true, when tourists ask me for directions, I stab them, but <laughs> thankfully, there's still good people out there. Firefighters responding to a call about a serious blaze inside a Manhattan high-rise. A New Yorker is watching from an apartment down the street, can't believe his eyes. From a distance, he thinks he sees out-of-control flames. I called 911, and within minutes, the streets were echoing with fire engines. But wait, those aren't real flames. It's the Yule Log video. Turns out the video was being played on a big screen TV, which made the illusion of a fire all the more real from that window. Oh, man. How embarrassing for that guy, especially after last week when he called the police to report that Sharknado. <laughs> anyway, what a heartwarming story that cost the city a quarter of a million dollars. <laughs> and it was nice to see this man looking out for his neighbor's safety. Although it did make me wonder why he was staring at this particular neighbor's window in the first place. It was Allie Lyon's apartment. See what's going on here. Go on. It was a rainy Saturday, and I had to work a little bit, so I got my laptop, I made some tea, I put on some candles and the fireplace. Welcome. Inside Edition brought the neighbors together. So this is where the fire happens. I was having a cup of tea oh, at my nice. window. I was having a cup of tea here. Yeah. The one thing she's learned. I really do need to get curtains now. Yeah. 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 You do. And maybe some pepper spray while you're at it. For more on this eulog and or possible stalker story, we go live to Midtown Manhattan with our very own Desi Lydic. Desi. Desi, are you actually in that lady's apartment? Oh, no, no, no. I'm at my place. It's crazy. I've got a dangerous fire in here, too. Just, you know, waiting for a super tall European snack to come rescue me. But, okay, but that guy who saw the fire was looking into her apartment. That's creepy. Costa, were you not listening to me? He's tall. I mean, did you see him? He's like if Timothy Chalamet took his vitamins. But <laughs> 
But if a guy is basically stalking you through his window, that's not someone you want to date. No, that's not someone you want to date. <laughs> for me, this guy's got the two most important qualities. He's interested in me, and his apartment has a window. <laughs> I mean, did you... Timothy Chalamet had a window. Look, look, even if you're into the idea of a guy noticing you from his apartment, it's just not practical. This was a one-off incident. Guys don't just stare into random windows looking for fires. You'd be better off thinking about... Excuse me, little lady. I thought I saw a fire. Uh, jackpot. <laughs> I can't wait for the wedding. Desi Lydic, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the South Side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn, alliances will shift, and danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. We all love bending the law, whether it's going five miles over the speed limit or adding five extra children to your tax return. But I found an organization that was bending the law for good. Check it out. California has successfully turned drugs into medicine and raisins into people, but this time, they've gone too far. Bees are now legally considered fish. Bumblebees are now considered fish. Bumblebees, fish in the state of California. What the f is California up to now? To find out, I went to meet environmentalist Serena Jepson, who, with the conservationist group the Xerces Society, petitioned the state to turn bees into fish. Serena, are bees fish? No, bees are not fish. Okay, phew. I was like so almost certain that they weren't. You don't fish for a bee, you bee for a bee, right? Bees are not fish, but uh, the California legislature decades ago defined fish to include several different animals, including invertebrates, and bees are unquestionably a type of invertebrate. So according to California state law, bees are fish. You just said that bees are not fish and also bees are fish. Do I look dumb to you? No. We've just utilized the definitions under the California Endangered Species Act to seek protection for four species of bumblebees that are close to extinction. And to make things even more confusing, only some bees are now fish. Bombus oxidentalis, the western bumblebee. The Bombus oxidentalis? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the, the western bumblebee. Franklin's yeah. bumblebee, the, the suckley cuckoo bumblebee. We can't really say that on TV, but okay, go ahead. Bombus crutchiae, which is the one that occurs here, that's crutch's bumblebee. That, um, what, what's that one called, I'm sorry? Crutch's bumblebee. Bumblebee crutch. Oh my God, I had that in college. Does it really affect my life that the Borealis oxytalis cockeyed bumblebee? 
is gone. But if we let enough species go extinct and we no longer have a diverse suite of native pollinators, we're going to start seeing problems with pollination of crops and mm. pollination of our native ecosystems. So calling bees an endangered fish is a way to protect them under California law. Problem solved, right? I don't think bees are fish. I knew it. I, knew uh, it. I just don't think that's the case. Next thing you're going to tell me that the tomato is a fruit. As a member of the Almond Alliance of California, Stuart Wolf sued, along with agriculture and pesticide groups, to exclude bees from the Endangered Species Act because protecting these bees would hit him right in the nuts. Whenever you have more risk and you have the possibility of more regulation, then ultimately you have higher costs. There'll be more insects and there'll be more protections. It will simply grow from here. I mean, what are they gonna protect all invertebrates? Slugs, worms, bears, when does it stop? And you can't just go changing the names of stuff, even if it benefits you, right? Right? I'm okay with this whole nut juice being called milk, but calling a bee a fish feels pretty California to me. Uh, I can't argue with that. Yeah, yeah. Is it milk? Milk? Is an almond milk milk? Well, you're talking to an almond grower, and so yeah. I believe almond milk, there is such a thing. Um, others, like dairymen, believe it has to come from a, a uh, mammal. Right. But that, again, will likely be uh, figured out in the courts. In the end, the fate of the bees was decided with the help of a much more resilient and dangerous species, lawyers. Law student Sam Joyce and Professor Matt Sanders at Stanford's Environmental Law Clinic successfully lawyered the bees into fish. And I had a pretty good idea why. Let's be honest here. Who's making the big bucks? Is it the lawyers? Hmm? We represent our clients on a pro bono basis. Pro bono, what's that mean? For free. <laughs> <laughs> For free. I've actually been paying money to be here. You, you actually <laughs> paid money to call bees fish. And this is the problem with today's campuses and universities. So these suckers fought a legal battle to save the bees just because they love the environment? Okay, but how did they pull that off? Explain to me how Bees are fish. So the California Fish and Game Code, Section 45, defines fish. And it says that a fish is a wild fish, or a crustacean, or a mollusk, or an invertebrate, or an amphibian. Okay. Bees are invertebrates, so bees fall within the definition of fish in this law. This is like Christians, you know, finding a way to have sex before they're married, you know, hand stuff or whatever. This is a legal loophole, right? Come on. If anything, the loophole here is trying to play on the definitions or the terms within the Endangered Species Act and say, sorry, this can cover plants, it can cover other animals, but it can't cover insects. Mm. That sounds like a loophole. I guess with legal advice, you really get what you pay for. And with that, I'd studied the issue from almost every angle except the most important one. Okay, so I think I get it. It, it doesn't matter if bees are fish or fish or bees. Those are just labels. And everything deserves a right to exist and to pollinate and to reproduce and be happy. That's what this is about. More or less, yes. I think I get it. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Okay. Thank you.
sorry. Um, one more thing. So, are bees fish? No. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. The wait is over. The shy is back on Paramount Plus, and the stakes have never been higher. Everything changes on the south side when a new threat comes to power in the Showtime original series from Emmy winner Lena Waithe. Battle lines will be drawn. Alliances will shift. And danger lies around every corner, leaving everyone to wonder who they can trust. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash shot to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. Subscription auto-renews. Restrictions apply. My guest tonight is an economist at Brown University and author of several books on data-driven parenting. Please welcome Emily Oster. Exciting, huh? I'm excited. Data. D- and parenting. And, and parenting. babies. And babies. Yeah, I mean, what what does parent data mean? So there's there's I, data on parents? Yes, there yeah. is data on parents, and I am a firm believer that data is the key to making your parenting easier and yes. happier and more relaxed. Are you very relaxed? Oh, right now, very relaxed. Very. Um, <laughs> but... You, you've actually made our family more relaxed because some of the data, some clip somewhere, might have even been in this book, Expecting Better, which uh, maybe 10-year anniversary now, yeah. this book? Wow, amazing. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it was, there's two preschools or two daycares. They're both of equal, credible value. Which one should I go to as a parent? And your answer was, go to the one that's closest to your house. Yeah. So for me, that's really emblematic of what I think is is hard and yeah. often overthought about parenting yeah. is we have this idea that like there's a right way to do it. There's a correct yeah. daycare and you can really get down the rabbit hole. Well, these teachers have this qualifications and this. Yeah. And in the end of the day, there are a lot of right ways to do this. Yeah. And those kind of considerations are most of the time so much less important than what works for your family yeah. and what makes you happy. And usually what makes you happy is driving less. Yeah. So that's why you should yeah. go to the one or a little closer. Our daycare doesn't have room for a stroller. So I push the stroller there, then I fold the stroller up and I lock it to a telephone pole outside. <laughs> and then my wife, who picks up the kid, has to unlock the oh. stroller. I mean, this is, this is like, and I'm a celebrity, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is what it's like in New York City. But data, <laughs> data parenting is nice. It's, I like the term, it sounds good. But when my three-year-old is punching me in the face on Father's Day yeah. for the three times that day and I'm about to lose it, I'm not thinking about data. 
So there are some problems. Or what's, okay, yeah. There are some problems yeah. for which data isn't necessarily going to fix the problem. Yeah. But I think there's another piece of data in parenting, and I think this is, is really true, that like we can use data to feel less alone. And that's like yeah. part of, parenting is hard, right? Your kid's hitting yeah. you in the face, it's painful. Yeah. And it hurts. Yeah, it's painful. Yeah. It doesn't matter how old they are. But what the data will tell you is that 100% of kids hit. Okay. And they 100% of them kiss, hit their dad. Yeah. Um, and so you're not alone because 100% of other people were also hit yeah. on on Father's Day. And in some sense, like I think that that tells us that we're doing okay. Yeah. That you're, there's nothing wrong with your kid. They just hit sometimes. Where is this data coming from? Survey. That's like a very, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, sur okay, survey. So, survey. Yeah. so data comes from a lot of places. Actually, yeah. when I teach, I'm an economist, I teach at Brown. One of the big things I teach people is like, where does data come from? Yeah. And the answer is, it comes from surveys. We ask people, and data has its limitations. We don't always ask the most representative set of people, and we don't always analyze it in the ways that get us closest to causality. But the fundamental answer is we get data on people by asking people about yeah. their behaviors and what they do and by collecting information on how their kids do. Our Let's start with pregnant women. Are, are, are we in a time where there's more fear associated with eating sushi, drinking alcohol, or has it always been this fear? And here comes Professor Oster to offer these guidelines that, that help us. I mean, are you a product of there being an excess amount of fear now? Fundamentally, yes. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the broad swath of history, you know, certainly there are, you know, medieval times. We yeah. were not concerned about sushi. That wasn't yeah. like the primary yeah. worry. I would um, not eat sushi the in plague, the plague, The yeah. plague yeah. and then sushi was low on the list. Uh, <laughs> but I do think in the last, you know, 15, 20, maybe 30 years, there has become this culture of kind of achievement in parenting yeah. and the idea that you have to do it right. Like, and I think some of that comes from demographic shifts from the fact that people are parenting older, that maybe they've mm -hmm. done more. And so you get into an idea that like, there's a right way to do this. I'm going to mm -hmm. achieve this. I'm going to just kill this pregnancy. Right. I'm going to do all this stuff and I'm going to get it right. Yeah. And of course, when you have the baby or before that, you realize a lot of things are out of your control. And in fact, many of these small things don't actually matter. And some of the book is about saying, hey, let's focus on the stuff that's important and not think so much about the things that are less important that are just causing you to be anxious and not get to eat delicious fish. Well, because if you're, if you're creating this world where everything has to be perfect, invariably something will go wrong and that creates stress, which stress can't be good. And it's guilt. not just stress. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's a stress piece and then there's a guilt piece. There's a yeah. feeling of like, if anything goes wrong, it's because of something you did. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to recognize that sometimes things go wrong for reasons that are not something we did, but yeah. that's actually a pretty important thing to recognize if you want to be able to move forward. I did a little bit of my own data research. Wonderful. Okay? And like Kyrie Irving? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> it was driving me crazy during both my wife's pregnancies how every doctor, everyone we said was like, you can't eat a t deli meat. Don't eat a turkey sandwich. You can't eat because of listeria. This was the big thing. And I know you talk about listeria uh, in here, but. So I said, okay, I'm curious, how many pregnant women in the United States even got listeria last year? And according to Google, I don't know if Google's a, a, a reputable source, it says 200 pregnant women last year got listeria. 200,000 pregnant women got in a car accident. So I'm thinking, by that standard, they should be saying, pregnant women don't get in a car. It's considerably worse. Am I an amazing parenting data scientist right now? It speaks to like the fear and trying to make some sense of it. 
so I think I, I want to separate a little <laughs> There's a bit. There's a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, a lot to unpack, <laughs> lot to unpack in, your, in your analysis. I, I mean, I think one thing that is, that is true is that many of the risks that we worry about are very small. And I use the car accident risk very often because I think it's an example of a risk yeah. that we're taking all the time. And for good reason. I wouldn't tell people not to get in a car. But just to recognize life contains a background level of risk. Yeah. When we talk about something like listeria, I think we want to be careful. There are some things which you do probably want to avoid. Yeah. Raw milk, soft cheeses being a good example, because it is a relatively small thing to avoid that, and it is more common that it's listeria to, isn't it? It's easy it's, to skip that. It's easy to skip that. Yeah. But as we think about things that are harder to skip, you do want to get into like, well, actually, is this really an important risk relative to many of the other risks I'm taking right. every day, like getting in a car? Yeah. Um, I didn't realize how much my parents parenting me was going to turn me, excuse me, I thought I would parent differently. Better. <laughs> uh, I had great parents, but I thought I would do things differently. Am I, are we just doomed? And is, there, is, is there data on this? Okay, there is data on some, there are some things you probably do do differently. Okay. And so, and sometimes because we've advanced our data, you know, you probably put your baby to sleep on their back and your parents probably put you to sleep on your stomach because we learn more about <laughs> data. Yes. Right, that we can discuss that yes. later. Um, but I think it is, it is of course true that we're all products of our own parenting, but also that many of the things our parents did are great, and in yeah. the end, there's a lot of right ways to do this. And I think we always want to like move away from our parents, but you probably. Fine. You're an economist. Your husband's an economist. Are your kids like don't hit your brother? But what's the data on that, mom? Like <laughs> my kids could not be less interested yeah. in economics yeah. or uh, or my parenting work. You know, it's it's <laughs> one of the great things about being a parenting expert is that you can say that a lot at home, right. like oh, I'm a parenting, but they don't think that. Right. <laughs> at all. Um, your new book, it's coming out. You can pre-order it. What, what is your new book about? So the new book is called The Unexpected, and it is about navigating pregnancy after complications. So for about 50% of pregnancies, they end with in a complication, a loss or yeah. preeclampsia or something. And the book is really an attempt to help people work through in a later pregnancy, how to avoid those complications, what you can do about them, and how to navigate conversations with your provider. So. That's the idea. Okay, great. Well, one of the things I read that you said that I really enjoyed was studies say versus all studies say. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do okay. because right. studies always show. So when people Sorry, tell me this study, yes, a yes. studies studies show. Studies yes. always show. Studies show everything. Yes. Everything can be shown in a study. Yeah. And the question is often, what, do, what does the bulk of the evidence say? Because when we look at most of the problems in this book, in all of the kind of space of pregnancy and parenting, there's almost always many different pieces of evidence, yeah. which we need to look at all together. And so when somebody comes up and they say, you know, well, this one study said that, I want to be like, well, is that the only study we have? Yeah. And it almost never is. I mean, you can find anything on the internet. Yes. It's like you can Google and find your support. So is how can parents, the kids crying, or you got punched in the face on Father's Day, or you can't eat deli meats, where, where do we go? So. I would I, like people to go to parentdata.org, right, yeah, yeah. which, uh, which is the website where we put together sort of the whole broad range of the stuff I've written uh, in these books and then uh, in my newsletter about what the data says about many of these kind of questions. And I think it's part of a general effort to basically, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're like, 
why is my kid's poop this color? Yeah. Is that an okay color? Yeah. That the website will be like, here's a little color-coded graph of the appropriate colors. Right. And you can look at that and you'll be like, oh, that's a fine color. Green is cool. I'm going to go back to sleep. It's way to sleep. All the non-parents are like, Jesus Christ, what's wrong with you guys? <laughs> is there any data on vasectomies? Vasectomies are amazing options. Okay. Vasectomies are a great form of birth control. Yeah. And they're an outpatient procedure. You just need a little ice pack down there and it works great. So it's worth considering. Um. (laughs) Explore more shows from The Daily Show podcast universe by searching The Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com.